Myself Chakras, episode 112. The end of limitations and the beginnings of possibilities. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, action takers? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras, your destination for valuable tips, insights, and stories that will propel you towards a human revolution. Now, a lot of people ask me, AJ, what exactly is a human revolution? Well, a human revolution is a term that I came across in my Buddhist practice. Some of you know that I'm part of a Buddhist community called SGI, Soka Gakkai International. So a human revolution is the work of transforming our lives at the very core. It involves identifying and challenging those things which are currently preventing the full expression of ourselves and of humanity. We're talking big scale here, Action Tribe, and that major transformation will come about only if we can make small changes every single day in our own lives. My goal is to help you reach a higher state of awareness, also known as Buddhahood, characterized by the qualities of compassion, wisdom and courage, which enable us to create something of value from any situation. I repeat, this state allows us to create value from any situation. Wouldn't that be awesome? And in order to build some momentum action takers, I have a special gift for you. 27 of the most inspirational quotes that have been shared on air over over the last seven months, thoughts that will get you inspired, motivated, and charged up for your human revolution. So to download your gift, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 27 download. Once again, that's my7chakras.com forward slash 27 download. An Action Tribe, I am super stoked to bring you our featured guest for today, Marilyn Bradford. Marilyn, are you ready to inspire? Oh, I am. Thank you so much for having me and giving me this opportunity. Great. So Marilyn Bradford is an international speaker, psychotherapist and teacher who has been working in the field of addiction for over 20 years. She is the creator of Right Recovery for You, a radical and unique approach to ending any addictive or compulsive behavior. It was her own addictions to alcohol, food and the wrongness of self and her unwillingness to accept addiction as a life sentence that led her to creating this transformative and very different program. So Madeline, I've given our listeners a mini intro, but take about a minute and tell us a bit more about you. Well, I actually was part of the more traditional, uh, quote, recovery system for years and years, as well as being a psychotherapist with a specialty in addiction. And during that time, I can't say that I made that system wrong because every system has something to offer. But what I was aware of of was that there had to be more. I couldn't accept that I was powerless, that only uh, something greater than me could actually restore me to sanity. I know that as each of us as individuals, we're amazing, we're brilliant, we're creations, we're all part of this oneness, and we all have access to that power and potency. And that's what led me to keep 
asking questions, looking for more, choosing more, and finally led me to access consciousness for completely different reasons, which was the beginning of me finding the tools that I added to what I already knew about addiction to create Right Recovery for You. Beautiful. So I cannot wait to learn more about the wisdom that you are going to share today. But before that, we need to warm up our mental muscles a bit through some words of wisdom. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. Great. So what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us an example of how you apply this quote in your life. My favorite quote really is sort of a tagline for a right recovery, which is the end of limitations and the beginnings of possibilities. And how do I apply that? One of the things that I found is that when people have an addiction, they're focusing on that. They're focusing on the limitation as if this one behavior that they do signifies all of who they are. And in right in the beginning, and with myself, this is what I ended up doing after I got out of traditional recovery systems, is instead of focusing on the limitation and what I've decided was bad and wrong about me, I began to focus on what was right about me and what were my strengths and where was I not actually accessing all that was possible for me? Where was I not empowering me to become the basically the manifestation of the possibilities of the greatness of me. And that shift from focusing on the limitation and what was wrong and bad about me, and this is obviously what I do with my clients too, to focusing on the possibilities of the greatness of me made all the difference in the world. So I really love to have people begin to take and make that shift. Wonderful. The end of limitations and the beginning of possibilities. Focus determines outcome action takers. Don't focus on your limitations or shortcomings because each of us has certain limitations, but focus on what is possible. Focus on your dreams based on your uniqueness. And that, as Marilyn shared, causes the shift. So Marilyn, what really inspired you to write your book, Write Recovery for You? Well, it was really my journey because I was diagnosed essentially as an alcoholic, as a depressive. I was borderline eating disorder. I was borderline anorexic. And this was back in the 80s. So I entered traditional treatment. I entered psychotherapy. And as I said before, I can't say that it was wrong or bad because what it did for me in the beginning was that it actually got me to see that there was something that I needed to change. Now, in retrospect, I wish it hadn't been so negative, like you're wrong here, you're wrong here, you're bad here, you're bad here, you know, all of that. But it was what it was. You know, we have to go with what was and then we can change. So I did actually become sober in the traditional sense, which is that I quit drinking alcohol and it wasn't really a big deal for me. And I did go into therapy and I looked at all my issues in a very traditional way, which is also focusing on the negative. And I began to make, quote, progress there. So that was fine. But at one point, I just kept looking for something different, particularly with addiction. So I tried pretty much everything out there. I tried rationally motive therapy. I tried women for sobriety. I tried pretty much anything anybody's ever heard of. And the truth is, I was able to get something from everything I tried. You know, and that's also one of the ways I look at life. Are you willing to receive something from everything that's going on rather than judging it, this is good, this is bad, you know, that sort of polarity of right and wrong. 
And that was okay for a while. But finally, and this wasn't even, this had nothing to do with actually my search for a different way to handle addiction. It had to do with what I would have called my spiritual search. And I'd done lots of things in that area. I'd been in India with a guru. I'd done all kinds of things with astrology and other metaphysical things. And once again, everything I tried gave me something. But nothing gave me what I was really looking for. And then I found what's called access consciousness. And it's a set of tools and techniques that allow you to change anything. So I began working with that. Um, it's body processes and verbal processing. But essentially, it's a toolbox. Mm-hmm. You don't have to join. You don't have to believe anything. There's no dogma. And what I began to do was using those tools without saying that's what I was doing for my clients. And what I noticed was they were getting better faster. And I was like, this is amazing. Ha. Huh. So I eventually approached Gary Douglas, who was the founder of Access Consciousness, and said, can we do something more formally with these tools and with addiction? And he said, absolutely. And Right Recovery for You was born out of that. And essentially, in the beginning, it was a series of classes that I did. But I began to do a lot of radio shows and interviews, and from that came the book. And really, the impetus for the book was I wanted to show people that there is another way, a very different way. And there's many, 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 many differences between traditional approaches to recovery and what I do. But one of the main ones is this is not something that you need to be stuck with for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's willing to use these tools to empower themselves, to get out of their wrongness, can actually move beyond any addictive or compulsive behavior. So that's one of the main real differences. I wanted people to know that. Mm -hmm. I wanted people to know they didn't have to have an identity as an addict or an alcoholic. And this applies to any addiction, not just alcohol and drugs. But shopping, fixing other people, having to be right, any way we default to some place where we actually are not present. So really, that was the impetus. Hey, folks, there is another way. There's another possibility. You're not stuck and you never have to be stuck. So that was truly what was behind that. Wonderful. So a couple of things here. You were diagnosed with an eating disorder and anorexia. Yes. And you looked at that challenge as a sign that maybe the universe is telling you something. Maybe you need to change. You did quit drinking alcohol, Mm -hmm. but then you were not really satisfied with that particular solution. You did not want to focus on your limitations and you went on a quest, you went on a search and you went through many courses, taking something small from each one of them, but nothing really gave you what you were looking for until you found access consciousness. So Action Tribe, one more thing, your addiction, whatever it might be, food eating or alcohol or cigarettes, your addiction is not your identity. So Marilyn, based on your study, why do people find it so hard to overcome an addiction like cigarettes or alcohol? Well, one of the things that I found, and this was about a year and a half into Right Recovery, was that And this is another huge difference between what I do and what other people do, was that there are actually primary addictions as alcohol or cigarettes or, you know, drugs or ice cream, you know, eating too much, whatever it is, because I always include eating disorders. I work a lot with people with eating disorders. But actually, what I found with myself, with all my clients, and I've been doing this for something like 26 years now, was that the underlying addiction that every single person had, no matter what the quote 
outside addiction was, was an addiction to judgment and the wrongness of self. And the difficulty has been that the traditional forms of addiction uh, or the traditional forms of recovery all focus on how wrong you are. And what I've noticed was that if until you treat that wrongness of self you cannot walk out of the addiction. And here's why. I'll just give you a little example. Suppose your addiction is to alcohol and you're drinking because you feel so wrong. And we can go into this in greater depth later because I think it's just crucial. But essentially, the people that I found who have addictions are people who learned early on that they were different. They didn't kind of think like everybody else. They didn't act like everybody else. They were like, wait a minute, this world is a little crazy and insane and I don't get the rule book. Mm. And because of that, whether verbally or non-verbally, whether family or church or cultural or school or whatever, they were made wrong for that. So they developed this sense of wrongness. And a lot of what addiction is, is about some way to escape from this pain of being wrong. So if you have, say, an addiction to alcohol and you go into traditional treatment, it's all about how wrong you are. And you have to admit to God, to yourself and another human being, the exact nature of your wrongs. You have to make a moral inventory every day of where you're selfish, self-seeking, dishonest and afraid. When people used to ask me what traditional treatment was like, I said, okay, take two weeks out of your life every morning and every night, make a list of where you're selfish, self-seeking, dishonest and afraid and see how you feel after two weeks. It's like, ah! So actually, unfortunately, while traditional treatments can help people not drink Mm -hmm. through sort of a group think and that kind of support system, they reinforce this idea that you're wrong and bad. So if people actually stop, let's just say they even drop out of the group think and they, they don't do that for a while. That overwhelming feeling of being wrong and bad is so painful that it leads people mm-hmm. to going back to their addictive behavior. And then, of course, they have to judge themselves as wrong again. Yeah. So it's this sort of unrelenting cycle of wrongness. And until you can assist people in getting out of the wrongness, nothing's going to change. Not really. I think that's really powerful once again, because you mentioned that until you treat the wrongness of self, the addiction won't really go away. Because as you mentioned rightly, the addiction is an escape from how wrong a person feels he or she is. And until you go to the root cause, the group think will not work because when you are in that circle, when you're in that group, everyone is made to feel how wrong he or she is. Yes. And that feeling is not very loving. It's not very enjoyable. No. And a person tends to escape from that feeling, goes back to the old self once again, feels bad. And that is sort of a cyclical pattern that leads to nowhere. And that's where you come in and say, you know, you need to treat the wrongness of self. Once that is there, the person's identity changes. And that's what leads to the recovery. So I love that approach. Now, based on your story, at one point in your journey, you were introduced to access consciousness, which helped you move beyond your limiting belief systems. For someone who's trying to get a better idea, what is access consciousness? And how is that different from your previous approach to addiction? Well, access consciousness, I think I mentioned this before, but I'll say it again, because it's the basic best descriptive, is a set 
of tools and techniques that you can use that are designed to assist you in changing anything. And you can learn more about it. There's lots of free stuff on www.accessconsciousness.com. But what Access Consciousness is about, in fact, the tagline is empowering you to know that you know. Now, traditional addiction, and even though I didn't believe that was actually what was going to work, it was the only thing I knew to do, really. And most of the other forms were some variation of it. It's all about you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. You're in this mess because you're, and they wouldn't use these words, but basically you're stupid. Well, they do use powerless. You're powerless. You know, you're incompetent. You're incapable. And what this huge difference, and it's also this, what I talked about earlier, the limitations, we'll put them on the left. The possibilities, we'll put them on the right. Access is about you are amazing. And you know, you're the only one that actually knows what's going to work work for you. So here's a huge difference. When you do anything traditional, there's a system. It's almost like you can imagine this thing above your head, this kind of gridlock, and it's got all these little parts to it. I don't know if everybody's seen the matrix, but it's something like that. It comes down over your head and it tells you who you are and what you have to do and who you're not and what you can do and what you can't do. And you're supposed to fit yourself into that system. What access consciousness does is it says, "Uh uh-uh, sorry, none of that's true. Mm. You actually have been told that you're powerless and stupid and can't know and you don't have it right. But you actually do know what's true for you. And no one, no one in the world knows what's better for you and what's more true for you than you do. And let us give you some tools that will help you re-access that part of you that knows what's good and true for you. And you don't have to believe anything anybody else says. Like I said, there's no dogma. What you can do is use these tools to see what's going to work for you and what's not going to work for you. Beautiful. Now, uh, let's talk about the solution now. I know that overcoming an addiction might take time and a lot of effort, a lot of inner work, as you sort of suggested. But for someone who is committed to taking action and starting right away, is there a tool that you could share with our listeners, something that they could implement right away? Yes, absolutely. I've got lots of tools. Great. But one of <laughs> One of the first tools I give people is a question. And questions are an enormous part of access. And it's actually a two-part question. The first part of the question, and we'll go into this because everybody's like, what are you talking about? Is what's right about you you're not getting? And the second one is what's right about your addiction you're not getting? So let's start with the second one because that's the one that sends the people up kind of like, what are you talking about? So I'll give a couple of examples. I have lots of examples from clients, but I had a client who was drinking two bottles of wine a day and she called me because of that. She said, you know, I have an addiction to alcohol. I want to work with it. I'm like, okay. So I asked her, what's right about your addiction you're not getting? And she's like, what are you talking about? It's the devil. It's evil. It's horrible. I'm like, Okay, what's right about your addiction you're not getting? She's like, well, I don't understand the question. I'm like, okay, what contribution is your addiction to your life and living right now? And finally, she got the idea and she said, well, oh gosh, for one thing, when I'm drinking my wine late in the afternoon, I go out on the patio and everybody knows not to disturb me. It's the only time I have any time to myself. I'm like, great, that's one thing. What else? And she said, she started to cry and she said, well, it 
I, it, I, I, and that was how she was doing it. It helps me to not have to look at the fact that my marriage is falling apart and I don't know what to do. I don't have the tools to deal with that. I said, great. Mm. What else is right about your addiction? What else is it contributing to you? And she said, it's the only relief I get from my kids. And she had adopted two very difficult foster kids. And by that, I'm not blaming the children. They had been highly abused. It often happens that it's a difficult situation. I'm like, great. What else is right about your addiction that you're not getting, that you haven't acknowledged? And we went on with that. And there were actually eight things. And I said, look, with all of those things that your addiction, that you're drinking two bottles of wine a day contributes to, how could you possibly stop drinking those two bottles of wine until we begin to address some of these issues that you don't know how to deal with? And that's where we began the work. And this is what I find so much is that addiction is looked at as a solution for people who don't have the tools to deal with what's not working in their life. So and then the other part of that is what's right about you you're not getting because we're so taught to judge ourselves when we're doing something like gambling away the money or, you know, eating two gallons of ice cream a day. I'm like, what's right about you you're not getting? What are your strengths? And once again, that's the beginning of that journey from limitations to possibilities. Because by the point that people most generally call me, they've decided they have no strengths. They've decided that they are just their addictive behavior. And it's really sad. Because there's so much more than that. So that's where I begin with that particular one. And when people begin to get, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not wrong. Maybe this addictive behavior is just a solution that I used because I didn't have any other solutions because I didn't know what else to do. That's the beginning of hope and possibilities for a very different life. So action taker, an addiction is actually a solution to address an issue for someone who doesn't yet have the tools to address that solution. So it's like a temporary solution. Once you just take that off and actually address the solution, you will feel much better and it'll be easier for you to transition from that addiction mode to becoming a non-addict because your identity changes. So I love that. And Marilyn, I'm sure you agree that even after overcoming an addiction, the journey continues, the journey of building and maintaining a healthy life condition. So before moving on, is there a quick and simple health tip that you could share with an action takers? Absolutely. It's to ask yourself every morning, what would contribute more to my body and being today? And you know, that may sound so simple, mm-hmm. but what so many people do is their to-do lists. Okay, it's Wednesday. I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. And if I'm doing it right, I'm going to walk for an hour and then I'm going to have my children study for two hours. And then I'm going to, and it has nothing to do with asking yourself, your body and your being, what's actually going to contribute to you today. It may be a day when walking does not contribute. It may be a day when you need to, oh, heaven forbid, call a friend, ask them if they can watch your kids for the afternoon and loll around reading a book. Now, I'm not offering those two things as <laughs> solutions, but so often what I find with people is that they're, they are the ones with the whip that's whipping themselves to do this and to do that and do this and do that. And they're not actually asking what would contribute to them. So that's one tip. Now, I'm going to give two, even though you only asked for me for one. The other is to ask However you conceive of it, God or the universe or the earth, whatever it is for you, would you please contribute to me today? And would you please allow me to contribute to you? 
because that begins the beauty of gifting and receiving. And contribution, like if you're asking to contribute to the universe, it doesn't mean you have to go out and, I don't know, dig, plant eight trees or, you know, pray 17 times. If that's what works for you, that's awesome. But it's just that sense of being one with the universe, with God, with the earth. Once again, it looks different for different people. And I highly, highly, highly encourage people to do what works for them. There's no right or wrong here. There's no dogma you have to believe in. There's no this is the way or this isn't the way. It's what works for you. What gives you that sense of completion and expansion and, you know, that, okay, ah, I can relax. I can breathe. My shoulders are down. And it may be doing meditation. It may be journaling. It may be whatever it is, whatever it is for you, find that thing that when you ask, it's going to change every day. Don't make it into something you have to do. And that's where I see people going astray a bit. Wonderful. So we're going to have this in the show notes as well. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for this episode, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 112. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 112. Choose what lies in the shadows to be a matter for discovery and adventure rather than fear. This is a powerful quote by Jonathan Lockwood Huey. Action takers, gamify your life. You are the hero of your journey. You get to add a new page to your book every single day. And in that adventure, there are moments of celebration in the sunshine and then there are moments of trial in the shadows. Make those moments your discovery moments. Don't call it fear or failure. And remember, you have the choice because you are the hero of your own journey. So Marilyn, take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. So firstly, how did you approach the challenge? And then how did you finally overcome it? Well, I suppose the challenge was the awareness that my marriage was failing, that I was drinking an enormous amount of alcohol, that I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. In other words, I was in that place and it's a place that I know and I, my clients have known of total, essentially despair. I can't make any of this work. What am I going to do? So the first thing that I did really, well, I did two things. One is I began asking questions. What can I do to change this? What is possible? It almost brings tears to my eyes because that's how desperate I felt. I was crying. The second thing I did was what for me at that time was a prayer. I asked God. I asked the universe. I wasn't even sure whether there was a God or, you know, anything. But I did have the sense that there was something out there that could help. And I said, show me something. Show me the way. Show me what to do. And one of the things that I learned from that is we don't get to see all of the steps or even the outcome. Generally speaking, what we see is the next right step. And by right, I don't mean this is right and this is wrong. I mean the next step that's going to lead us to more. And that's what I ask for now. What's going to create more expansion in my life and universe and in the universes of my clients? So I began to ask that question, what's going to create more? Can you show me something? Please, please, please. And you know how the universe works? It's amazing. A friend of mine hooked me up with a therapist and it was a therapist that I could work with really well. And from him, I eventually got hooked up. And what I so appreciated with from him was he said, I'm going to hook you up with traditional therapy, traditional uh, treatment for alcohol. He said, you need to know that this was created a long time ago and that you don't have to buy everything hook, line and sinker. And I so appreciated that because it was the first opening into 
Marilyn, follow what you know to be true. Don't buy somebody else's strict program or solution, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, as having to do it that way. Do the part that you know works for you. So that was my next step. And then my therapist actually said, because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. At that point, I was married to a fairly wealthy builder and I was basically a stay-at-home, do-nothing wife. But I wanted to do something with my life. And my therapist said to me, you know what? I think you'd be really good at this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I think you'd be a great therapist. I'm going to put you in touch with the School of Social Work uh, because there's a university in my town. And I'm like, uh... Okay, that's okay. That sounds all right. I'll do that. And <laughs> that was another beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I could never have conceptualized, figured it all out, what was going to create more. But by taking the next step and then the next step and then the next step and being willing to not know 10 steps ahead, which is, and that's a difficult thing for most of us because it's giving up the plan. Mm -hmm. You know, it's giving up the control. And that, you know, in an odd way was one of the biggest challenges there was for me. But I knew that I couldn't necessarily know how it was all going to turn out, what it was going to look like. But if I kept following the step that was light and seemed to expand my life, that I was going in the right direction. And that was a huge learning for me and ultimately ended in Right Recovery for You and the book and everything. But where I began, it would have been impossible for me to envision that. And that's something that I really like to tell people. It's almost like if you're in second grade and someone says you're going to become an astrophysicist, you're like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, what does that equation mean? You can't even conceive of it because you haven't done the steps in between. So the best you can do is go, okay, what's going to create more for me now? What's going to expand my life and my universe? And what's going to allow the kindness and greatness of the universe of God to come in here? So that's how I look at it. The challenge is (laughs) to acknowledge what's actually not working, to be willing to have the courage to go forward, to take the next step, to be willing to have the courage to know that you're not going to be able to see the whole picture. But have the trust in yourself to know what you know, that this is the path for you, no matter what anybody else says. And that's a very big point, too, because there are going to be people along the way who are going to try to dissuade you and tell you, oh, no, 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 that's not the right path. You need to do this path. My friend over here does that path. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any path. But you need to find the path that is right for you. And often it's a matter of discovering it just step by step. So looking back now, in just one sentence, based on your story that you just shared with us, what is that one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners? Trust yourself to know what you know. Powerful. So Marilyn, thanks a lot for sharing this story with us. You shared that you felt that at one point your marriage was failing, you had an alcohol challenge and you felt a level of despair, but you didn't give up. You started asking powerful questions and you asked for help from God and the universe and you asked for the next right step, not the entire plan, but the next (laughs) right right step. I think a lot of our listeners would be able to relate to this and also it feels much less overwhelming for somebody to focus just on the next step as opposed to a whole series or a grand strategy. So thanks for providing us this powerful perspective. Action Tribe, life takes a whole new meaning when you realize that we don't have control over our past. 
on our future. All we have is streams and streams of now. So no matter where in life you are, whether people have told you that you're too young, too old, too smart, too dumb, whatever label that they might have given you, realize that you have the power of now and you can either let it slip by or you can create a revolution. And on this very thought, Martin Luther King Jr. once said, the time is always right to do what is right. So Marilyn, have you found your life's calling? And if yes, what is your life's calling? Well, that's a very interesting question. I don't know if I'd call it a calling because for me, if I call it a calling, what I would do would be to limit it. I know that sounds crazy, but it's almost like my calling is to be a French chef. Okay, I can't do anything else but be a French chef. And that's probably just part of my personality that I have to be very aware that I tend to want to look for an answer and limit things. Mm -hmm. But what I would say is that if I were to look for a calling, it would be to request from the universe and to demand more of myself to be the miracle and greatness that I can be and to be the energy that's going to be a catalyst of change for myself and others towards greater and greater consciousness. And I hope that doesn't sound too sort of highfalutin, but that's really where I am. It's like I ask all the time, is this going to create more? You know, I asked about this interview. If I do this interview, what will this create? Will it create more? Will it be expansive? Oh, yes, it's going to be very expansive. Okay, I'll do it. So for me, that's what the calling is, to be the most, the more that I can be, to assist others in seeing that that's possible for them and to continue on a journey of allowing more and more consciousness to show up, to be received in my life and in the life of others. Beautiful. So looking back now, was there ever a special moment or unique moment maybe beyond which you were pretty sure that things were about to change? Take us back to that very instant. I think that instant is when I actually discovered access consciousness. There was something so powerful and potent about it that I remember saying to my friend, and there's a a body process called running the bars, which is about holding 32 points on the heads that actually releases a lot of fixed points of view and belief systems that we have decided are ours that actually limit us, but that's a different conversation. But anyway, my friend had been doing the bars on me and been telling me some things about access and showing me some of the tools. And I said finally to her, we were having lunch. I mean, it's so funny. I remember these odd things. We were having pizza at this particular place, a vegetarian mushroom spinach pizza. And I said, I have to go meet Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness. And it was just like this. I knew I had to go meet this man. Mm. And she said, well, I don't know, Marilyn, you haven't even taken a bar. You're supposed to have taken a bars class and a foundation class before you could go on to the next level. And I said, I have to meet him. And she said, well, this is really weird. And you know how the universe works. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She said, in three weeks, there's going to be what's called a body process class in California, and it doesn't have any prerequisites. And I said, I'm going, that's it. And it was that knowing, that moment of knowing, I didn't know what it would create, Mm. but I knew I had to do it. And I knew it was going to expand and change my life in ways that I had no idea about. And so that was probably the moment that I had to go meet this man. And then as soon as I found out about the class, which was just peculiar, it was the first class, body class that was ever offered. And it was the first class without prerequisites. And there it was for me. And uh, that changed everything for me. I never looked back after that. 
Yeah, I think that's really powerful and it sort of reminds me of a story that I had as well. The difference between just doing stuff and planning stuff versus just knowing and being and trusting in the universe. So for example, a couple of days back, I was attending a motivational seminar here in Vancouver and uh, one of the workshops, I just wanted to take a break. It just felt like the universe was giving me a signal to go out and take a break. And it so happens that in the next room, there was a art exhibition going on. So I said, you know what, I've been here the whole day. Now I need to get a bit inspired and let me have a look at the paintings and the artwork around them. And I went into one of the, you know, desks or exhibits and struck up a conversation with one of the people standing there. And we so happened to speak about Creative Visualization, which was a book that I was reading at that point. I totally love it. I would recommend any listener to read that book, Creative Visualization by Shakti Gawain. And then I spoke to her and I said, you should read this book too, if you have some time. And then she was surprised because she said that her mom had gifted her the book many years back and it's just lying on the bookshelf. And she's been thinking about reading the book, but that she just needed that impetus, you know, that Uh final push and she was surprised how you know and she couldn't make sense out of it <laughs> but I just knew I had to be at that spot at that time and speaking to her about creative visualization you know and uh, I totally agree with you sometimes you just know that you have to be at a certain spot at a certain point of time so action tribe where is that one place that you need to be right now who's that one person that you need to speak right now don't worry whether the person is highly influential or not just make that effort and you never know what might what possibilities by manifest right in front of you. So thanks a lot for sharing, Marilyn. This brings us to the final rapid fire round for today's show, which is called the wisdom round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Great. What's the best advice that someone's ever given you? The best advice that someone has ever given me is to know what I know to be true to me. And I know that I've said that throughout this you know, discussion. But I always looked for somebody else to have the answer, to know, okay, so what am I supposed to believe in here? You know, what God am I supposed to follow? What political person am I supposed to vote for? And I was always looking outside of myself as if I didn't know what was true. Mm-hmm. So the best advice I've ever been given is to know what I know is true for me. Name a personal habit that keeps you strong. Asking questions. What I found before I began doing this work was that I was in a lot of conclusions. Oh, this is the way to have good health. This is what I need to do in order to be a better person. This is what's kind. What I do is I ask questions all the time. And a lot of it is, okay, so if I choose this, what's this going to create? And if I don't choose this, what's this going to create? And which of these options is actually going to create more? And sometimes like when I'm often when I'm doing a session, I say, what are the infinite possibilities for the session? What contribution can I be to this person? Mm -hmm. Not, I know this kind of therapy and I'm going to impose this. It's really for me asking questions all the time about myself and everyone and everything. So Marilyn, what is your morning ritual like? I can't say that I have a ritual except to ask questions. (laughs) (laughs) Generally, I'm an early riser. I'm early to bed, early riser. So one of the first questions I ask after I generally have coffee, although occasionally I don't, is, okay, body, would you like to take a walk this morning? And I live in a beautiful, beautiful area. I live in Santa Fe and it's just, it's so gorgeous. Santa Fe, New Mexico, for those of you who are not familiar with that. And so I listened for that. And then I ask other questions. Okay, where can I put my energy that's going to create more right now? And I go through a lot of questions in the morning. And I've never looked at it as a ritual, but I suppose that actually is my ritual, is to just continuously ask questions. 
and to go where the energy shows me to go. Mm -hmm. What has been the most inspiring book that you've ever read? Probably Dr. Dane Heer's book, Being You, Changing the World. Awesome. We'll have that to the show notes for sure. Yes, absolutely. Action Tribe to access today's show notes, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 112. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 112. Marilyn, it's been superb speaking with you today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you online. Thank you. What am I grateful for? I <laughs> This is going to sound crazy, <laughs> but I'm grateful for myself, for me, not in a sense of, oh, I'm so great, but I'm grateful that the universe gave me the chance to be me on this earth and to be the contribution that I can be. And I want to say a little bit of just a tiny bit about that. And that is that each of us is unique. Each of us is a gift. Please don't ever doubt that you are a gift. And the universe needs each of us to be the unique gift that we are. And I, and it was a long journey for me, came to the place of acknowledging that I'm very grateful for myself to be the gift that I can be. And I know you ask, oh, how to find me? <laughs> You can go to www.rightrecovery4u.com. But also, I'm happy to receive emails from people. And my email is very simple. It's Marilyn Bradford, M-A-R-I-L-Y-N-B-R-A-D-F-O-R-D, at me.com. So I'm happy to receive emails from people. I do classes. I do individual sessions for people. I do a whole variety of things. I have a YouTube channel too. So Write Recovery for You. So I have lots of videos up on YouTube. So any of those work. Wonderful. So there you go, Action Tribe. If you've listened so far, it means that you really, really want to transform your life. A lot of us go through addictions and addictions just doesn't mean cigarette smoking. It can mean anything alcohol or maybe wine or overeating and as Marilyn said that the challenge is not you it's just the situation your addiction is not your identity and if that's your situation right now you can always change it and experience your immortal self and if you want to learn more all you need to do is go to the website write a recovery for you we're going to have that in the show notes as well we're going to have Marilyn's email id on the show notes as well Marilyn Bradford at emmy.com so that you can shoot her an email let her know what you thought about this episode let her know how you felt about her energy and her genuine enthusiasm to making you change and feel much better so that the people around you can get more of your beautiful energy so marilyn thank you so much for coming on our show talking to us about how to reclaim our lives once again and taking us one step closer to a human revolution thank you so much for having me i've really enjoyed the interview and i love what you're doing with your show i know you're assisting so many people Listening to My Seven Chakras. Go to my S E V E N Chakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.